0: I want to talk about expectation uh, based on His character is a safe place. Expectation based on the character of God is a safe place. Um, The other day I spoke to a a couple of ladies in Stellenbosch and we're talking about the expectation in our hearts. What do we expect from God? Now, uh, 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 I've mentioned this a couple of times here and um, if we've got wrong information about someone. We cannot trust Him. Because God designed mankind to trust somebody who's got a stable character. We cannot trust somebody with, a, with, a, with, with an unstable character. So it's very important to have the correct information about God. Um, and I've, I've found that uh, in my own life, if we look at this normal life, in this life there's instabilities. And many times we want to find our reference to God in a life that God promised us would be, wouldn't be stable. Um, the Bible, say, for instance, says, don't invest where, uh, where thieves break in and steal. So God says there's a system that is not stable. And there is a system that is stable. So now we cannot take the character of God and try and define it in an unstable system. What is stable is this, that even if the system is unstable and I experience the waves, is that because of who God is, I am sure I will reach the other side. You know, and that is the rest we get. And, and, and when we get that mindset that's based on the char- stable character of God, that we shall reach the other side and that we will get through this, maybe you don't even know how. Many times you say, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't even know how we're going to get through this. I don't know how. But God knows and what we, all you need to know in that situation is that God loves you unconditionally. And the love of God has been proved not by how He healed Uh, healed you years ago, or how He even gave you a prophetic word today. The love of God is proved by one action, and that is how God removed the sin of the whole world from them. Amen. What made the Apostle Paul sit in jail and sing unto God worship? Worship songs with joy in his heart. What made the Apostle Paul write things like, I've been counted worthy to suffer for the cross. You know, so, uh, um, inside an, a revelation of the person of God, there comes a supernatural peace uh, and joy that cannot be taught, that cannot be faked. It is something that finds its origin in the person of God and in the revelation of His unconditional love for you. Amen. So, the safest place is to trust in the person of God. And when you read the Bible, to read it from a perspective that the loving character of God is revealed. Because the moment love is revealed, belief is activated. The word belief is is also the word trust. You cannot trust somebody unless he loves you. It's impossible. Ek het nou gekyk, jy weet, (coughs) jy, you get marriages where, where a lady would, would um, maybe she got divorced or she comes out of a broken marriage or she's been beaten or abused and then she will go to a, a, a place where she gets this guy and she falls in love in one day and all of a sudden she's fall, she, she falls in love and then after a, a three, three weeks she finds but this guy doesn't love her he beats her up he does this he does that but then it's very difficult for her to leave and she stays there out of fear. And she tries her best to, uh, to lie to herself and say this is actually a good situation so that she can stay there. Where, because, I mean, she... she and, and what happens is that, that is not a healthy situation. Even if she says she trusts him, she'll have to lie about things that really happen so that... Trust can be activated in a heart. Because you cannot decide to trust somebody. You need to have certain information that produces the trust. So, if, if you... Um, I've, I've seen that w- with myself as well, you know. If you... Um, say with your children, for instance. You see, but uh, my... Say my one son, he struggles now to, to read... Now you think, ah, man, you know, he's just a boy. The reason why you say, he's just a boy, is so that you can generate belief to get out of the situation. You know, but because maybe your mind is so scared of the real thing. Because, you, because your heart has not brought God into the equation and His person, which will give you the true belief on how to get through the thing. So now, uh, uh, we, we, will get, we will twist information. Now, the reason why I say all of this is that to have belief, trust in God, to be in the, in, in the boat, in the storm, that trust cannot be decided. Uh, uh, the, the kindness of God will lead you to repentance. The kindness of God will lead you to a place where your mind changes and a new decision can be made based on the kindness of God and the love of God that will produce trust in your heart. So it's so important that we hear and fill our eyes and our minds all the time with the love of God. Now in this world we will be bombarded with situations all the time that will tell you, you cannot trust the situation. You cannot. Now, the, um, the truth, the, 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 the thing that we struggle with is the difference between truth and facts. Facts is what you see on the news. You know, if, um, if, if we look at what, what was happening uh, in the last couple of, you know, with Eugene Ter Blanche that's been, been murdered, and um, things that's been said on Facebook, things that's been said, you know, on the news, and all those things, it brings so much panic in the hearts of people. I can just, man, maybe you don't get as many SMS's as what I do, but I get SMS's all the time, the country is going down, you know? And we're looking at the situation, and if you look at the situation, you can say, but these things don't look good. It looks like Zimbabwe. You know, if you look, if you only have certain information. But if we, that is the facts. But if you get your mind into the truth, you will have peace, you will have joy, you will live far above the circumstances. Like my mother-in-law, she said that she was on the plane on the way here and there was two old ladies that was from Zimbabwe. They were in the 80s. They were talking about you know, being removed from a farm in Zimbabwe. And they had everything. I mean, they had the beautiful piano, they had the beautiful furniture, they had the beautiful everything. And they lost it all. But there were they on the plane laughing, with having joy. <laughs> now, what produces that? What produces that? There's two things. Number one, the knowledge of the truth and the Holy Spirit that empowers you. Amen you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and then even when you martyred, you will still have joy. That's a true context of, of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, I'm not saying we must settle for our times, but I want to say, if Satan comes and the enemy comes with hard times to, your, to you, we can rest in the character of God that says He will even uh, uh, produce the power by the Holy Spirit in that moment to go through it and not even feel it. I remember um, uh, there was the story, I think in the book of martyrs, I read this. There was an old missionary and they they had to be burnt on the stake. And uh, here was a little candle, you know, and then the the younger, both of them were to be burnt and then the younger one put his finger in the candle, you know, saying, man, I can't even put my finger in this candle and tomorrow I'm going to be burnt there. So the older one says, oh, you can stop that. There's no grace for doing that. There's only grace for being on the stake. And when you are there, God will empower you. So he said, if it's true, if you are in the flames, I think, raise your finger or something to show that you're not feeling anything. And when he was in, in the flames, um, the flames." I can't remember exactly, he raised two fingers or both hands, you know, saying, I'm just experiencing the glory of God. And that's the higher life, I want to tell you. That is the higher life, that we can know, that doesn't matter what the situation, because our minds are going to rest in the person of God, we will find peace in our hearts. That's why when we read the Bible, let us read the Bible from a perspective that, produces the, um, uh, uh, that can produce trust or belief in God. Let's go to Isaiah 55, and we're going to read from verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now listen to this. Here it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and let him return to the Lord. Now, if you interpret that into the New Testament, he says, Leave the law and come back to God, where there's forgiveness and where there's mercy. That's what he's saying. Leave the law, come back to God. Okay. Why? For He will have mercy upon you, and um, to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So what is He actually saying? He says, come back to God. Why? Get back to the message of God's grace, for, to the cross message, and come and receive your forgiveness. Come and receive, uh, let your sins be abundantly pardoned from you, for the thoughts of God is not the thoughts of man. Because man thinks, and, and I've said it so many times, if you're indebted to somebody, you, you haven't, you've you, you got money from your, uh, your uncle and now you must pay him back and you can't pay him back. You're not going to visit your uncle. Why? Because he's got that money in his mind. And you've got guilt in your heart. But God says, if you feel guilty towards God, you can come to God. For the thoughts of God is not the thoughts of men. Because why are we scared to go to God when we feel we, have, we, we are in the wrong towards God? Because we think he wants to punish us. Because if we think he wants to sort us out. God says, my thoughts is not the way, I don't think the way man thinks. My thought is to pardon abundantly and to bless you. Because my ways are higher than your ways. He says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now listen to this. This is so beautifully. Beautiful. As the rain comes down and shows, uh, and the snow from heaven, and returns not back, but waters to earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. Now, this is beautiful. So what does he say here? He says, come to me, for I've got a word that I will speak over your life. And this word that I speak over your life, which we know is the gospel of God's grace, it is like the rain. And I've seen many people try to explain this, but let me explain to you in a simple way. The rain falls on the ground. Okay? Now ne? Uh, 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 now the rain falls. What happens? It grows. Then it gets harvested. After it's harvested, bread is made out of it, and people eat so, what is God's plan with the rain? That people will eat. Okay. So, He says, My plan is that you shall eat. It is just as sure as the rain. I tell you now, there's, there's not actually a lot of rain now. But when the rain comes, you can go and, and take a drive here through the swartland. You're going to see, you're going to see all the, 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 is it wheat? What, is it, is it kore, huh? All the wheat grow, you're going to see it uh, come up and then you're going to see it... You, 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 I mean, you're going to see... Uh, go to Bukumu, you're going to see how they mill it there and how they... You're going to see bread being sold here from the Swartland, right here in Cape Town. People are going to eat. And the purpose of that rain is that people can eat in the very same way. God says, I've got a word <clears throat> and that word shall accomplish what I've sent it for. I've got a purpose for this Word. And what is the purpose of God's Word over your life? Not to expand His kingdom. Not to bless Him. Not to try and say, I am God Almighty. I've done this and I've done that. No. What is God's Word over your life? What's the purpose of God's Word? For you shall... It says, listen, verse 11... So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the the thing whereunto I send it. Why? For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. So what is the, 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 the purpose of God's word? For you to go out with joy. For you to go out with peace. That's the purpose of His word. And His word... It shall be accomplished, because He's a God that abundantly pardons, abundantly forgives, and gives us a new life. And when we receive His forgiveness, and deal with Him on the platform where He will deal with us, which is mercy. He'll deal with us on the basis of mercy. We shall have joy. We shall have peace. Amen. Why? Because we look at how He abundantly pardons. Now, what did He pardon from us? Not just our sins. He forgave us. The word forgive means to separate from, or to divorce in the Greek. So, He has pardoned. He has, he has separated the law and its disqualification and condemnation from us. Amen. There's a word that says, you know what, if the country falls, you know, if this becomes a second Zimbabwe. You know, what if they come and they, I mean, my mother-in-law is here today, on, I mean, on their farm, in the farms in the area, they come and they murder people. Man. Murder people. I mean, that's not fun. And I live here and I cannot understand how they can live there. But they've got peace. How does it work? <laughs> it's only God working in you. Because His Word possesses a power that is greater than any circumstance. And all that we need to do is focus and get our mind unto His Word. Because the Bible says the sower went to sow some seed. And that is the Word. He'll sow it in your heart. And it will grow. And it shall make you happy. It shall give you peace. You shall go forth with joy. So I will tell you, what we do is we focus on the message of His grace. And you focus unto that until the Word produces the joy in your life. Hallelujah! And it shall be forever. Amen. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the curse... Or the thorn, shall come the fir tree. Instead of the briar, shall come the the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord, listen to this, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So what God says, now listen to this, is that His name is established in what He does for you. He says, this good thing that comes to you, this joy and peace and all those things, His name is established in what He does to you. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, uh, the Hebrew people, they had certain names. You know, if you would say, uh, uh, Abraham, it, it means the father of many nations. So, He had to have many nations for His name to be established. So, He had this name. It was something that was before it was manifested. So God has got a name, and His name is Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, Savior. That's His name. And He says that in your life, His name will be established. In your life. Oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. He says, you shall call His name Jesus. So what's God's name today? God in human flesh. Seated at the right hand of the Father. I mean, God became flesh and then He got a name. In the Old Testament, there were many names for God. But what's God's name by which we know Him today? Jesus. Savior of mankind. And now from our hearts we can cry, Father. In the Old Testament, Father was never revealed. But in the name of Jesus, the fact that we can find new birth out of this new name, we can say, I find my origin in Him. Isn't that wonderful? I don't say we cannot see the attributes of God in the Old Testament names. There's so many attributes about God you know, and about His character and it's beautiful to say, God is my provider, God is my source, God is this, God is that. You know, but I, I want to tell you, the greatest name you can ever say is He's my Savior and He's my Father. And His name is established. He says, I will establish my name in your life. So people will say, He is a Savior. Look at them. And that salvation is defined in the fact that you can go out with joy and be led forth with peace. For His Word will accomplish in your life. And that is the whole thing. He says, repent. Get away from your wickedness. And wickedness is not, I've said a swear word, or I've done this, or... um, I've done that Wickedness is to believe That by your works You're justified before God That's wickedness Wicked means to be twisted To look at the truth And just twist it a bit And if you take these You know these chairs Where you get It looks like Twisted like that That's where the, the, The word wicked Means that To be twisted like that That's where you get The word wicked So it's a real thing Just twisted. So it still looks like the real thing, but it's twisted. So, good works, to be righteous before God, is the twisted thing of the truth. The truth says, I make you righteous, and out of righteousness, I will establish new works in your life. And now that thing gets twisted, and that's called wicked. The greatest, I don't know if I said it here last time, I put this on Facebook as well, the biggest kick, I did mention it here, but let me explain, some people said they didn't understand this. The biggest kick... Sin can ever give you Is when you don't sin The biggest kick Sin can ever give you Is when you don't sin So let me define sin Sin is The Bible says Everything that's not of faith Is sin So if I'm not under the message of grace And I'm righteous by His grace Then I'm under sin Sin is to find justification And righteousness by your own works so when you in a works mentality, you're in sin. And the greatest kick that sin system can ever give you is if you keep up to the standards you think you must keep up to. Sometimes when you break a law, for that moment when you break it, it gives you a little bit of a kick, you know. So, so some people, you know, when you sin, it gives you a little bit of a kick. But the greatest kick is when you don't sin, according to your standard. But that, that is the greatest deception leading you into a death emotionally in your heart. You know, so, the character of God and the person of God is to, by His Word, create in you that life. Amen. And what do we do if, if it comes to works? What, what do we do? All that I can say that we really do is to say, God, I rest in your person. This is what you say. God is not, you go out there and you better get it right. God is, you are a vessel, and I will live in you. That was always God's plan. When God made Adam and Eve, he was, he was, man was a vessel wherein God dwelled. Hallelujah. Now I want to tell you, I can just feel that in our mind sometimes we've got this thing, but why is it so difficult? Why do we have to sit with the saying that we have to renew our mind, and we have to do this, and we have to do this? Why is it so difficult? to get this new life manifesting in my life. I think the reason why we think it's difficult, is why it's so difficult. It is actually not into, well, I must renew my mind, I must do this, I must do this. Nobody says, you know, when we go out, living a normal life, going, on, go, going surfing for the day, or going out on the boat, we, we live by certain principles when we go out there, which is faith and belief and trust. And You will not leave... The house Unless the petrol gate Shows a certain amount Because otherwise You will not be able To trust the car If the car has not been serviced And you know There's a noise in the engine And whatever You will not go You live by those principles All the time The only thing is That uh, 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 Satan has come And twisted the thing And says It's difficult to live that way Towards God But if you've got The correct information About God We'll find it very easy To live by faith um, Faith is something that, that, that we made to do. We, we believe anyway. Everybody lives by faith. There's not one day you don't live by faith. We just believe in different things. Okay, and I, I've come to realize that faith is not this, this willpower thing, that I decide now I'm going to believe this. And I know I've said this in the beginning, I was going to push on this as well. Faith happens to you. When you get the correct information, faith just happens to you. There's a decision that you make when faith arises in your heart, but it just happens to you. The correct information about God brings that persuasion in your, in, in your mind. That is very, very easy. Let's go to Hebrews and just look at the heart of God towards us as pertaining to our finances. Hebrews chapter um, 13 from verse 5. Listen to this. Let your conversation be without covetousness. So, in Afrikaans say, let your lewens wandel sonder geldgierigheid wees. And be content with such things as you have. Now, listen to the foundation of contentment now. He says, don't be covetousness, covetous, I want, I want, I want. Why do we want, want, want? Because we want to provide for tomorrow. Okay? Now it says, let your way of living be without that. Why? And be content with the things as you have. Why? For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We've always thought that that, that talks about the Holy Spirit in us and salvation one day. The true context of that is money. That's a true context. He says, you don't have to worry about money, because God said, I will never leave you and never forsake you. So you can know, he will never leave me, he will never forsake me. Look at the next verse. It says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear for what man shall, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Isn't that awesome? It says God, his nature, the nature of God is to never leave you, never forsake you, always provide for you. Doesn't matter what people or the world do to you, the end of the thing is God shall come through and provide for you. Hallelujah. You know, I want to just testify, uh, maybe some of you haven't heard this, but I've, um, when this, I think I've I've mentioned a couple of times here, when this recession started, um, there was a guy that supported me with between 20 and 30,000 rand a month. And somebody else as well. There was some other people as well giving smaller amounts of money. Uh, But it was still in the thousands. And when this thing happened, they were in the building industry. It stopped in a day. (laughs) And to get there took years. It took years. It was just gone like this. And we've got salaries to pay, outreaches to do, television, this, this, this. How are you going to pay that? You, You cannot pay that. I mean, your mind says we're going to close down the ministry. That, that's what your mind says. You're just going to, th- this is just too much. I mean, if you lose 5,000 bucks, you can still make a plan. But if you lose 30,000 a month, that's a lot of money. You know, so, I, I, I don't know. Now, I want to say to you, we did not get somebody that came and gave another 30,000 or other supporters we didn't get that but I've been flying all over the world more than ever in my life I've done more and I can tell you today I don't know how it happened but it did and we just continued in our life you know here I am I don't think I look too bad my wife looks good. My sons. Yesterday, I took the three of them for a ride on the motorcycle. Then I to Ribek and back and very nice in the, in the mountain pass enjoying it, having fun with my boys. Living a good life. But if, you, if, if I look, if, even if I, in my own mind, must go and try and calculate for the future, I'll get tired. I'll find my heart will stress So some people must say why don't you stress because I don't think of the future I think of now tomorrow must worry about its own things for I've got a God that loves me that will never leave me and never forsake me that is already in tomorrow organizing stuff for me Hallelujah. But the thing is, if the person of God is not revealed to you, but laws and condemnation and judgment is revealed to you, my goodness, it will be impossible to think that way. It can, it's simply impossible. You cannot think that way. The biggest thing that I've seen when it comes to finances is we've looked at the world system and now we think God's going to empower us to get that and once we get that then we say that equals God is good so now when you go through a hard time you have not seen that so now it's impossible for your heart to go to rest but you know what I found God still provides have you ever been stressing so much about a thing and then God provides and you feel so bad afterwards my goodness you know and then I, I've seen that many times. I, I stress. I say, I say to my wife, well, this is the end of it. We finished, at least we can say, we've preached for f- 14 years, but now the ministry's over. I'm going to work for a boss. You know? And I, I, I'm not qualified to do anything. I'm a preacher. So, i checkers. <laughs> you stress like that. Yeah, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. And then the next day you find somebody put 5,000 rand or 10,000 rand in their account. Hallelujah. Then you feel so stupid. You feel, but God never changed. He's still the same. And He has not based His actions on my actions. The reason why we have faith is not that God can do something for us. It's just that we can have peace while God's doing something for you. For He He's still going to care for you. For the rain falls on the just and the unjust. This faith is not to get God to do something for you. It's going to happen anyway. It's just for you to have peace while God does it. And with this faith in your heart, with that peace, we can even ask Him certain things that we want, that He can provide for us. Amen. You know, let me give you an example. When that, uh, there was somebody who gave me a motorcycle. And I like motorcycles. And, um, So, he came to me and he said, you know, when this business thing happened, uh, he was still paying the bike off, but he gave it to me, and once it's paid off, he'll register it in my name. So, I was driving this thing for a year, and uh, he came to me and said to me, you know what? The bank's going to come and take it back. So, in my heart, I got peace. I said, well, I didn't even ride it anymore. I just left it there. And then one day I said, Well, let me ride it once. You know, maybe they come next week. (laughs) And while I was riding it, you know, now I like motorcycles. So I opened the thing up, I opened the bike up, and I felt that power, and I started to cry. Because it's so nice. If you don't understand those things, just leave it. You know, it's like, I remember I was once at an air show in Br- in in, in and then this I don't know what plane it is, but this thing came so low, you know, way through the sound barrier and he just pulled up in front of us like that and that engine which is about like this and you feel that engine in your chest. And I was standing there crying, you know. And they said to me, What's wrong with you? I just said, Shut up, you don't know what to be busy with you. So it's the same I, I got that same feeling, you know, and while I was doing that I said to God God, I surely enjoy this motorcycle. You know, I would like to keep it. Now, I don't know what happened, but this is a year later, I still got that bike. (laughs) And then the the, the guy that bought this for me came to me and he said that he's organizing now with the bank a deal and it looks as if I'm not going to lose that bike. Now, I don't say I'm not going to lose it, but what I want to say is I've got so much peace living this life. You've got, you can have peace in living this life because there's a person in which you can trust. And the person of God was what was revealed in the action of Jesus Christ on this earth. And when we get into a law mindset where we say, you must have this, you must have this to, to equal God is good, then you're going to find it, find it very difficult. Because in this life, one day you're going to have maybe flu. And even, uh, and and I I say this with respect, even take Kenneth Copeland, you know, that believes in in, um, healing that you will never become sick. They also fight sickness. They'll be sick for two days rebuking the thing, you know, and then it will leave them or whatever. But there's times when they walk in pain or times when they feel that that attack coming, if they want, want to call it an attack. And when that comes, you can, it can mess up your whole calculation. But if your calculation is not based on that, but based on the love of God manifested in Christ, where we stand free from the law system, my goodness, you know, you find the peace in your heart, doesn't matter if you heal healed or not. It's a peace that, that, that surpasses all understanding. I think, you know, one day, uh, if, if you must ask my son, you know, wh- how can, if God loves me, you know, and He, and he wants to do something for me, what, what would be a good sign of God loving me? He would say, if He gives me an Audi TT, it would be now a good sign of God's love. <laughs> but if, you, if you've got God's picture, and He knows what man was in when man was under the law, and He, he knew exactly how deep in, in how deep mess we were, and man never knew that. Man thought they were still okay. But God saw how, in what deep mess we were, then the Bible says, God so loved us, that He removed the law from us. Now, if God defines love in removal of the law system and works righteousness, I tell you, it's a big thing. If God says, I will establish my name in your life, that you can go forth with joy and peace, the word peace, having no emotion of indebtedness to God, to go forth in that, if God says, I establish my life in those principles, My goodness, it must be something great. Then we can go and invest and dig into that. Hallelujah. So I want to say to you, even when it comes to normal things, keep the character of God before you. You know, yesterday somebody came to my house and we were talking about, um, you know, Satan and the origin of Satan. So he had some questions for me and then he said something about the origin of Satan that I didn't agree with. And he said to me that God made Satan the way he is today. You know, as a, um, not as a fallen angel, but God made him bad. So God came and he made this bad being for a purpose to show his power. Because how can you show light if there's not darkness? And that was his reason. The first thing that came to me was not a scripture or anything. The first thing that came to me is, my God is not like that that contradicts the person of God. It puts a question mark over the person of God. So, And, and the same thing, when, when, um, when your heart gets established in how much He loves you, by looking at how He fulfilled the law for you, and makes you righteous, free from your works, by that simple principle, when we look at that, and our hearts get flooded by the true nature of God, and the, the bank starts to lie to you. You know, you get that slip from the machine and then it lies. You know that, when situations lie to you, and you start to see things that's threatening, threatening you, you just say, what this says contradicts the nature of my Father. It contradicts the nature of my Father. I've heard, you know, so so many voices come, they you're going to be humiliated even had people preaching, saying, Bertie's going to go bankrupt. You know? You know, when this thing happened, then unfo- I don't know why it worked that way, but because uh, the, the people that supported my ministry was, a lot of them was in the building. You know? So, so now, the building thing collapsed, people struggled, and now it's, it's because Bertie preached, you, you don't have to tithe to be blessed, that his, his supporters are now going bankrupt. So if you support him, People preach that from pulpits, with my name. Saying, if you support him, you're going to go bankrupt, because he's in a false... And look at the people that went bankrupt. But they don't know that those very people that went bankrupt was... One of them wasn't bankrupt when I started name. The others were... I helped them through their bankruptcy, because the law has already deserted them and milked them dry. So, that, so now we can help people in the message of grace. We can help people in the message. And they start, they're doing well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Standing up again, concerning in, in the eyes of business. So, I mean, we look at this whole situation and we can say, and, and I remember in this whole thing, there was this voice of, you'll be humiliated. I just said, in my heart, because of the gospel. I want to say the voice came into my life, in my heart, It was there as a result of the person of God revealed to my heart that says that contradicts the nature of my Father. If I am wrong by preaching, and this was the answer. I didn't try and quote scriptures concerning tithing. This was the answer. If I'm wrong concerning the tithe, it's not the nature of God to humiliate a sinner, but to exalt and lift up a sinner. The Bible says that we must believe in the God that justifies the ungodly. So, I don't, you don't have to try and justify your situation, you don't have to justify anything. You, it's what do you believe about the God that you serve, or that serves you, actually. What we believe about Him, it's not His nature, that if I'm wrong, to humiliate me. It's not His nature to publicly expose me. For the Bible says, Love covers a multitude of sins. And my God is a God of love. And that reasoning brings a peace to my heart. I don't have to fend for God. I don't have to try and make His Word work. His Word works. Hallelujah. And it's revealed in the person of God. Thank you, Jesus For that. Hallelujah. Let's go to Jude chapter 2. Jude, I think it's Jude. I I did not read it. I just wrote it down. Um, It says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. Verse 21. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So what, if there's a command towards us, what are we to do? Keep yourself in the love of God. In how much He loves you, looking for mercy. That's what flows from Him. That's who He is. Remember in the Old Testament He says, Take an ark, put a mercy seat on the ark, and then I will come between the wings of the cherubim, upon the seat of mercy, and there I will communicate with you. So God speaks from the platform of mercy. Mercy. So, all you can look, when you get into the presence of God, when you get to, uh, uh, you know, if you go to the bushfield and you're a hunter, what do you look for? You look for game. You will for man. Isn't it? In the same way, when you get to the throne of God, what is running around there is God's mercy. His mercy. You look for mercy. You look for Him treating you better than what, we, what you would deserve under the law system. That's what you look for. That's that's all that He gives all the time. He gives mercy. And what we do is we keep ourselves in the love of God. What is the love of God? Herein is love. That He gave His Son as a sacrifice for our sins and that He reconciled the whole world unto Himself by not imputing their trespasses. So keep yourself in the thing that God will not impute your trespasses against you. Keep yourself there. That is keeping yourself in the love of God. How do we keep ourselves to some practical things? Don't listen to messages that tells you that God will not like you know you get these text messages if we don't pray now then God cannot bless our nation. My goodness. So if I skipped one prayer now God's going to impute that against me and see my family being murdered because I don't have not prayed. God cannot base His blessing towards you on how good you walk according to rules and regulations. cannot be like that. We trust in a God that is good. I mean, we've got greater trust in our cars than what we sometimes have in God. Because there's not been so many lies told about our cars. I mean, your car. If you just had a fit at home you've been swearing like a mad thing do you get in the car and you think it's not going to start because it's going to impute this somehow against me no the car's going to start why? it's been made that when you turn the key if there's petrol in the thing and it, I mean it, you, you've got a fairly new car you put that key in you turn it what? it's going to start it is not based on what you do. That car finds its way of dealing with you on, on its origin. Maybe Toyota or Mercedes or BMW or whatever you drive for it. it is, if you drive, that the, the way it acts is based on the engineers behind it. In the same way, the way God acts towards you, it comes from the foundation of who God is. I'll tell you, even while I preach this, your, my, my, my mind wants to say, but, you know, what about, you know, there are people that really live rough lives, you know. If you really want certain things, God will, in His love, say, if that's what you want, my son, you know, go that way. But I cannot change. I'll always be here for you. I'll always help you when you call upon my name. When are we calling upon the name of God? We call upon somebody who justifies sinners. That's the name of God. We call upon the name that says He'll give me joy. He'll give me peace. His word will work in me. It's not my work. Amen. So let's keep ourselves in the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I end off with this. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. And that love is an action, an agape, something that happened in Him. Remember that message I preached on the love of God. When He lost His breath in adoration for us. That's the Hebrew word, agape, to lose your breath. God so loved the world. God saw so much value in the world when they never even believed in Him that He skipped the breath and said, and then He gave His Son to purchase us out from under the condemnation and law we were in. So that whosoever believes on Him. So He did something that can uh, 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 bring forth uh, the reaction of trust in our hearts. God knew that. I want to tell you, it's not for you to try and trust God. Trust comes by getting the real revelation. And then that trust arises in your heart, and then you've got a decision where you say, I'm going to flow with this persuasion that rises in my heart. I've seen it so many times, you know, when you you talk about cars, for instance, or even televisions. The one will say, no, but an LG is the best. The other one will say, no, Kenwood or whatever is the best. And even if you prove to him, you'll find while you tell him the truth, the persuasion coming in his heart through the facts. But after being now persuaded, getting all the facts that brings the persuasion, he must still make a decision. And that decision can be based on his pride or on the persuasion in his heart. I've seen it so many times. We sit, I, I sit with somebody, we talk about the grace message. We will talk, like we to say, on tithing or whatever. I'll take the scriptures, go through every scripture. He says, Man, this is the gospel. This is the good news. But his next message is against it. You find, but why? There was already persuasion in his heart. Faith was already in his heart. Because faith is not something you do, it comes by hearing the truth. It's just. Well, I feel it. Even if you came in here depressed or you feel you felt bad or whatever, as I preach, you feel, well, yes, there's persuasion. But then there's something in you where you say, well, I'm going with this persuasion. Well, I'm being led forth by this persuasion. This is my reality. You know, and, and thank you, God, you persuaded. You come with that thing, that, that salesman's come, salesman comes to your house, he sells you a product, you persuade it, what do you do then? Then you buy into it. Say, well, I give this up, and I take that. I. Th- th- that's why he says, I've traded my sorrows. For what? For his joy. <laughs> I've traded my sorrows for his joy. Well, this being sorrow under that old system, where... Uh, um, all the time my sins have been kept against me for a system where I'm dealt with according to the to the perfection of one man Jesus Christ hallelujah well that is my reality thank you for that persuasion my God by that I live in Jesus mighty name amen amen hallelujah let's close our eyes father I want to thank you that the safest place to live in this world is to have a mind at rest in the character and the person of God. Your person. Who you are. Father, through scripture we can see, even when you, when you made Adam and Eve, you made them from the dust and gave them life. You gave it to them for free. Then when they sinned, you slaughtered an animal and gave them clothes. Then You came and You gave them the prophets. You gave them the Old Testament way, prophesying to Christ. And You gave us Your Son. Hallelujah. You also came and then You gave us the Holy Spirit. You says, I, I, it's, It's the will of the Father. It's Your will, my Father. You said to give us the kingdom. Everything to us. Give us immortality. You give us peace. We see your person where you are willing to to, to basically be wronged so that we can be righteous. You are willing to become sin that we can be blameless. You are willing to overlook all our sins. Father, in your heart, you cannot find a place where you can deal with us on the basis of our sins. You bring a system where, where you say, declare to my people that they have received double for their sins in the body of Jesus. Speak comfort to my people. Oh, you're a comforter, my Father. Thank you for that, my God. Thank you that we can find comfort in your character. That we can be at complete peace at who you are. And that you reveal who you are to us. So that we can see you for who you truly are. Thank you my God. That we can have the the weapons of our warfare on us. Having the breastplate of your righteousness. How you declared how righteous you are. By not dealing with us according to our sins. Where you portrayed your uh, uh, equity of character. Thank you, my God. It produces faith in our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that while we are in this time, while there are people struggling in different areas of their life, I thank you, Lord, that there is one reality that stands out far above all other facts. And that is the reality of the embodiment of God in human flesh. And that is our life. Thank You, Father, that You came and brought a system where we can say, Jesus is my life. Not that I have the life of Jesus sometimes, or I try to copy the life of Christ, my God. But, Father, thank You that I can say, Jesus is our life. That goodwill has been assigned to every man. Thank you that we can preach to the world out there, their sins has been forgiven. Thank you that we find our relation to joy and peace to you, my God, and not this world. And all the, the things of this world. But when we live in this world, your word says that you know that we've got need of these things. And the person of God that provided for us, Jesus, What a little thing to care for us even in our finances. And that You say that You will never leave us and never forsake us and always provide for us. Thank You. Thank You. Thank You, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I declare all of you blessed by God. I declare the peace of God that guards your mind and your heart. The peace of God. That you know, my God provides for me, my God cares for me, He's proven his character on that cross. If you were the only person that would ever believe he would have done it for you, it was worth it. Just look at me. You know the Bible says, and I think it's Philippians, it says, "God didn't count a robbery to humble himself and become a man. <clears throat> you know, um, and this one, uh, uh, one guy came and explained that verse. He says, Baptie, I want to explain this verse to you. And he came and he shared it with me. He says, one day they had a service and, and when, when the service was over, they came outside and one of the people's cars was stolen. A young man's car. And um, then when he came out, oh, my car's stolen. And while he was there, somebody worked in the heart God works in, worked in the heart of somebody and says, listen, I give you my BMW. And then the insurance paid out. So he didn't count that robbery. You know, he was blessed. He cannot say, I've been robbed. Because he got more. So God didn't count it robbery to leave heaven to get you. For you are more than what he had there. He didn't feel, well, I've been robbed from some of my dignity or my godliness now that I'm stuck in human flesh for eternity. God is stuck in human flesh for eternity in the embodiment of Jesus. But he didn't count the robbery. He didn't feel, I feel nie He's not feeling claustrophobic in the human body. He feels that he's giving expression to who he really is because he could gain you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.